this series that we've been doing on Jude. It's only three weeks long, uh, but it, you know there's so much to it. And if you missed any of it, obviously it's online. You can go back and check it out. But uh, it's been dealing with false teaching. And Jude, a lot, actually a lot of uh, the letters that Paul was trying to combat even some false teachings that were going on, a false gospel. And that, that false gospel was that you can do whatever you want. You don't have to worry about sin because God's grace covers all. Now, I'm thankful for God's grace, aren't you? But sin is still an issue if we continue to walk in it. He tells us to repent, which means to turn away from it. So uh, he spent that time talking about it. And then when you get down into verse 20, all of a sudden there's a little shift happens. He gives us a command, so a few commands that we need to follow as believers. And how many of you know, anytime there's a, a command in the scripture, just because it was written back then, it still applies to us. Right? Truth is truth, whether it was 2,000 years ago or whether it's today. So the truths and the commands that he's giving them are things that I feel like we can really grow in. So like I said, last week I talked about uh, the voices. There's good voices that we can listen to. There's uh, not so good voices. Some of those wrong voices will tear you down and ultimately tear down the gospel, the gospel of what really is true. And when that happens, uh, you can't be built up if you're torn down in the spirit, if you're following a false gospel. So they're, they're important for us to listen. But then in verse 20, Instead of the tearing down, he's saying it's time to build up. So he says this, uh, and I left off the but you on here, but you, dear friends, must build each other up in your most holy faith. So that's really what it means when we're following the Lord, we need to be built up, am I right? Actually, everybody in this world needs to be built up because we all get torn down by the things in life. But I, before I... Uh, get too deep into that it was interesting as i was studying it because i like to read in other translations does anybody else like doing that i'll read it in this then i'll read it in this well uh this was the new living translation it says you must build what each other up but i've used to reading it all the time in the niv and it says but you dear friends build yourselves up in your most holy faith interesting huh so which one is it do i build myself up or do i build others up Yes, good answer, guys. Both are correct. So, I mean, you, you just think about it. Both are correct, but the Greek word, it made me go to that, and I can't pronounce it, but that's it right there. Uh, the Greek word for each other and yourself means himself, herself, itself, or each other. So it's all-inclusive. I need to be built up, and I need to be building other people up at the same time. So let me ask you this question. First of all, does anybody ever get down, depressed, and stressed? Does it get hard? To, is that hard to encourage people when you're in that position? When you're just down on yourself and it's like, man, and life has been down, nothing's been going. It's hard to try to build others up. Uh, isn't it easier to build others up when you're feeling built up and strong and encouraged? Like you're there and you're, like, you're ready to build other people up. So it made me think if you've ever flown before, you know the stewardess, they give the, the, uh, the instruction what to do with the mask if the air goes down. And you know this, if it comes down, who are we supposed to put it on first? Ourselves. Right, ourselves. And Rick knows this. <laughs> uh, why, why is that? Why wouldn't you put it on your kid? 
<laughs> I heard that. So you'll be alive. So uh, if you run out of oxygen while you're putting it on them, that's not any good, right? So you got to put it on yourself. You got to build yourself up so that you can build others up. I mean, that's just a, uh, a fact that is so important. That's really the first part in your notes is to build yourself up. We've got to be in the process of doing this because discouragement can hit any moment. Am I right? Anybody ever felt to that? It's like every, you could be having a really good day, go to sleep, wake up the next morning, all of a sudden this, this heaviness has just jumped all over you. And you're like, what do I do, Lord? I'm feeling down and it's only Monday. What am I going to do till Sunday? And Pastor Scott gives me a word to encourage me. Yeah, we've got to learn to build ourselves up in our whole, most holy faith. How, how do I do that? And let me just say, I know uh, I used to watch Saturday Night Live when I was a kid. Found out that it wasn't really godly most of the time, but... <laughs> There were a couple of funny skits in there, and as I was thinking about building myself up, I remembered a a skit by Stuart Smalley. He built daily affirmations. And does anybody remember this guy? He would look in the mirror at himself, and I did edit what it says, but uh, he says, I'm good enough, I'm smart enough, and people like me. Is that how you're supposed to build yourself up? Right? Oh, I'm just so wonderful. I'm great. I'm amazing. Right? I feel so built up now in the faith. Listen, if you're going to speak words over yourself, I like the song that we were singing. You know, I am blessed. I am chosen. I, I don't know all the words, but I was like, you can speak God's word over you and that can build you up. Am I right? Declare who God says you are. That's something that will build you up. Uh, but if you're just going to speak you know, words like that, that's not going to do it. What does is, what is the rest of verse uh, 20 say? But you, dear friends, build yourself in your most holy faith and pray how? In the Holy Spirit. Okay, so what does that mean? Because not everybody really knows what that means. What does that mean to pray in the Holy Spirit? Let me just put it like this, and then I will show you scriptures that support it. When you pray in the Holy Spirit, that means you are praying in a heavenly language, an unknown tongue that you don't know and other people don't know. We know that he's talking specifically about praying in the Holy Spirit here because there are other verses in the New Testament where we're called to pray, pray for this, pray for those that are in spiritual authority over you. Uh, but there's, uh, where this is defined is out of 1 Corinthians when Paul was addressing spiritual gifts, the public and the private use of gifts, he uses the same verbiage of praying in the Holy Spirit as he's using right here. So I want to look at that briefly. Uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 14, he says, For if anyone ever speaks in a tongue, and that's speaking in an unknown language, you're not speaking to men, but to who? God. Indeed, nobody understands him. He utters mysteries with his spirit. So if you've, ever, if you've never heard anyone praying in the spirit, you're like, whoa, what are they saying? I don't understand that. Well, good, that's scriptural. You're not supposed to understand that, right? Unless you somebody, well, here's the thing. If somebody gives a, a tongue and then there's an interpretation, you still may not understand the word for word, but you understand God's given you the interpretation. Anyway, I'm not going long on this, but I want you to understand. So he says this, he who speaks in a tongue does what? Right? But he who prophesies edifies the church. So he's trying to deal with this, uh, this misunderstanding here. But let me say, if you're praying in the Spirit in a tongue, an unknown language, 
you're edifying yourself. You're building yourself up. Is that a good thing? Yes. Yeah. Uh, we all need to be built up. And so that's going back and forth. He's not saying not to speak in tongues, but in the church, you need to be edifying other people. But there are times that we need to edify ourselves, all right? And he even goes on to say in verse 5, I would like every one of you to speak in tongues. Now, why would he say that? Yeah, because we need to edify ourselves. Paul understands the power of the Holy Spirit's ability to edify and build us up. Uh, there's, honestly, there's nothing like the, the power of the Holy Spirit coming in. And how do we know that Jude says to pray in the Spirit is praying in an unknown language? Because Paul uh, basically tells what it is in verse 15. He goes, what shall I do? I'll pray in the Spirit, right? That's words that I don't understand. And I will also pray in words that I understand. And then he says, I will sing in the Spirit. And I will also sing in words that I understand. So this is so important. I don't want to go, I'm not going into super detail on this. But like I said, Paul is teaching the proper use of the gifts of the Spirit. There's a personal prayer language, praying in the Holy Spirit, or even singing in the Spirit. How many of you know that's giving God praise? Right? You're giving God praise in a language because, let's be honest, there are times that maybe you're just worshiping God and you're like, I just ran out of words. Anybody ever run out of words? Like, I want to worship God, I want to give Him that praise, but the Holy Spirit gives us words that our mind can't conceive. So there's singing in the Spirit, but there's also singing with words that we understand. There's praying in the Spirit. And uh, like I said, if, if, if there's a tongues in church, whether it's, unless it's just between you and God, but if someone speaks it out loud, that requires an interpretation, and not everybody has that gift. But everybody has the access of having that our own personal prayer language. And it's so important because, honestly, there are times that nobody else is around to build you up. Am I right? Have you ever been in a situation, it's like, man, nobody's calling me, nobody's encouraging me, I just feel down, uh, but aren't you thankful that God has given us His Holy Spirit, not just to reside in us to, you know, some people think, oh, well, Holy Spirit is there as a deposit for, uh, for me to be born again and He's going to come get me. Yes, that's true, but the Holy Spirit has more than that in our life. He is our direct access. He's the one that we can pray and build ourselves up and, and be encouraged. Uh, we need that direct access to God. Amen? It's not like, oh, pastor, you need to pray for me. I'm really down. I will do that. But how many of you know you got a better access to God? Amen? you got a better access to Him. It's our spirit. I don't even know how to explain it. Our spirit, the scripture says, joins with his spirit. And we can go into, like I said, we can go into a prayer time stressed and depressed in a mess. Amen? But you can come out of that time after praying full of joy, full of hope, and ready to encourage others. Amen? Yes, let's give the Lord a clap. He is worthy. And I know this is why we teach about the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Because it really is your power. I mean, uh, it, let me just say this. Do you need the baptism of the Holy Spirit to be saved? No, no you do not. But I want to tell you, it makes your journey more powerful. Amen. Amen. I, I'm just telling you, you don't need an engine in your car for to make it roll forward, do you? Okay, thinking about it. But it sure makes it a lot easier. Am I right? I mean, I know, I know we all watch this. You know, Fred Flintstone made his car go. 
but I don't want to make my car go like this, right? I want the power of the Holy Spirit empowering me so that I can go forward and do the things. And, and, and like, there's a lot of people in our world that are serving God, doing great things for God. They are not filled with the baptism of the Holy Spirit. But I just want to say, for me, I want everything God's got. Amen? If God has offered something, and he has offered, he told his disciples, stay in Jerusalem until you, see, you have been endued with power on high. That means I'm going to take my little Fred Flintstone self up to Jerusalem and I'm waiting until I get endued with power. God, I'm here till you put the engine in there. <laughs> and uh, and that's, sometimes we just need to have that uh, persistence like, Lord, I want everything because we need to learn to encourage ourselves. We need to learn to build ourselves up because let me tell you, not everybody's going to do it for you. We are supposed to. And that really kind of leads me into the second part, because once you've got your oxygen mask, now it's time for us to build others up in their most holy faith. That's what God has called us to do. You, dear friends, must build each other up, because we live in a world where people will tear you down in a heartbeat. Amen? Some, there are some people, and you probably know them, they look for the, it seems like they look for bad. And then they declare it, oh, you're this, oh, you're that. It's like they delight in fault-finding. Anybody ever met someone like that? Uh, don't point them if they're here. So uh, there seems to be no shortage of people that will bring discouragement in our world. They're going to tell you the things that are broken, the things that are wrong, the things that are confusing. And, and, and sometimes it, it just seems like this. I'm just kind of reading into it. It seems like they kind of delight in it. Right? Like, like this is my spiritual gift, right? I'm, my job is to make sure everybody else stays humble. So I'm going to point out your faults. I'm going to tell you where you're blowing it. Uh, but nowhere in the Bible does, do we read that when we come together, make sure you point out each other's faults. Does it ever say that? No, it says for us, it doesn't say for you to humble your brother, humble your sister. No, the scripture says to humble who? Right. We are the only one that we're called to humble, not humbling each other. Uh, and Jude basically says the opposite. He says to build each other up. Amen. The people, aren't you realize the people that are in your life that build you up, don't they make you feel better? Don't you want to be around them? I mean, who would, rather, who would you rather spend time with, somebody that discourages you or somebody that encourages you? That's an easy choice, am I right? Uh, no, you don't purposely spend time with your worst critic. Like if somebody just like, you know, tore you up and, and, and read you the riot act and told you all your faults, you're like, hey, uh, that was such a good time. Can we do lunch next Thursday? No, you wouldn't do that. If they called you, you would be like, you know what? I, I think I got something going on. I don't know what it is, but uh, I won't be there. They're just not fun. You wouldn't choose that. In fact, I believe it's our human nature to avoid people that make you feel bad and search for the people that will encourage you. All right? That's just, it, it just is. If you, and, and what you need to understand is if you want others to build you up, what do we need to do? There you go. We need to build up. That needs to be our character. We need, when people see us, it's like, man, every time I get around that person, they just encourage me. They build me up. They're always speaking good things over my life. And I believe that this is, uh, here it is right here. Uh, we're supposed to build each other up. 
I believe that it is a command because look at it. It says, but you must. It doesn't say you can, you should, if you're feeling like it, build each other up. No, it's a must. It's an imperative statement that uh, Judas saying, you must do this. This is so important. And, and I'm going to give you a few ways that you can do that in just a second. But let me just put this word out there. If you happen to be somebody that likes to, that sees the negative, how many of you know everybody's tired of it? Nobody wants to be around that. So it's like, okay, God, you can ask God. You can say it quietly so we don't know, even though we know who you are. Lord, help me to begin to change in this area and not always look for the negative. So the first thing that we need to do is begin to see people through God's eyes. Right? We need to ask, God, help me to see other people. I mean, doesn't the scripture say, God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son? How many of you know when he says God so loved the world, he was not talking about the globe? What was he talking about? All the people, right? God loves all the people, and if God loves people, all people so much, and if I claim to be a follower of his, then I really don't have a choice but to love you and to build you up. Now, I'm following Christ. God loves you. I need to learn to love you and build you up. Because what happens in our life, when you begin to see other people through God's eyes, it really does change a lot of how you talk to them. It changes how you talk about them. It changes how you treat them. Don't you treat people different when you really see them through God's eyes? Right? The way that you're going to respond to them instead of getting sharp and like, what do you want? You know, let me change my vi Lord, help me to change my vision to see people the way you are, the way he does. And you say, well, you know what, Pastor Scott, that's great. But you know what? You don't know some of the people I know. Right? I know some real uh, turkeys out there that, that really make it hard. And how many, anybody know somebody makes it really hard to love them? Right? They're irritating. They do things. Uh, guess what? You were the same way. <laughs> you were the same way. And, and possibly some of you still are. So I'm just not... <laughs> I'm just saying. I'm not pointing at anybody. We can all be that way. And so... Aren't you thankful? I love this verse out of Romans 5.8. God demonstrated his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. He didn't wait till we got our act together. He didn't wait until we had a better personality and weren't so cranky all the time. No, he saw us like that. And if, if God can do this and if we're following after him, then we can begin to change the way we see other people. Amen? I can be able to see people through the eyes of God. And when we do that, guess what? We begin to choose to see the good. When you see others through God's eyes, because let's be honest, it's easy to see the negative, isn't it? It's easy to see the bad. But if you're beginning to look at people, then all of a sudden you're going to start looking for the good. And I believe that whatever you look for, that's what you're going to find. Am I right? You're going to begin to find it. So look for the good. Begin to say, God, show me the good. Everybody's got something, got a good quality in them. And, and let me just say this. It's not enough just to see the good. Uh, I love this out of the message, Colossians 4, 6. You may have never read it. But he says, be gracious in your speech. The goal is to bring out the best in others in a conversation, not put them down, not cut them out. Isn't that good? 
That's why I like every now and then grabbing something out of the message. It's like my conversation with somebody, I should be gracious. My goal is not to, like I said, read the riot act to them and tell them everything that they're doing wrong. No, the goal is to bring out the best in others in a conversation and not put them down. So don't just see the good. How many of you know sometimes we need to say the good? Right? We need to begin to declare that over, give people some, some good words about themselves because so many people have only gotten bad things spoken over them. I said this in the first service, don't wait for somebody's funeral to say the good thing that you wanted to say about them. Sometimes, you know, people will appreciate it a lot more while they're alive. Like, I should have said that. Yeah, you should have, right? But when you say things, when you begin to encourage others, this is what you're doing. You are building them up. Just simply by saying a word of encouragement. You guys have all experienced it, am I right? If somebody says something, you kind of feel a little bit better about yourself. It's like, man, you know what? Thanks, you know what? Hey, listen, you're looking good today. Hey, listen, I'm so thankful for you. Wow, you're so faithful. You're such a hard worker. So many different things that we can encourage uh, people in, and it makes us feel better. That's what we need. I mean, how many of you have seen the opposite of the result? How many of you ever spoke, have someone speak something discouraging, and you're definitely not feeling better? It's like, man, I lower, 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 <laughs> lower, and, and they just keep doing it. We need somebody. That's what God has called us as followers of Christ, to build each other up. Amen? Amen. It's powerful. Here's another powerful thing, is speaking over them what you believe they can be. Speak over them what God's Word says that they can be. Like, listen, I know God's got a good plan for your life. How many of you know that's true for everybody? I know God has blessings for you. I know God wants to pour out. Begin to declare those things. Don't, don't, uh, instead of speaking what somebody is, speak what they can be. That's declaring God's word. This is a practice. You have to learn to practice this because our default doesn't do that. Our default wants to tear other people down to make ourselves feel better about ourselves. Isn't that true? I mean, in the natural, it's like, oh man, if somebody seems to be doing better, it's like, and then you start thinking about how bad you feel about yourself. Well, I don't have this, and I don't have that, and I wish I had that. Uh, somehow, our default sin nature needs to tear them down, and all of a sudden, we feel better. God's kingdom is opposite of that. So, encourage, build them up. Even if they seem to be doing better than you, it's not a matter of that because God will lift you up. I believe this. If you make it your purpose to build other people up, then God is going to build you up. Amen? If you make it your goal, if your goal is just somehow to build your own self up, good luck. You know, if you're just doing it in your own flesh. I mean, if you're doing it by the Spirit, yes. But if you're just focused only on yourself, we need to focus on other people, and building them up. Amen? Speak those words of faith. Uh, not only the right words. How many of you know the right time is powerful? So, uh, saying the good means even more when you speak it at the right time. So since we're a little bit smaller in here, I'm going to get some feedback. I did this for first, but what are some of the best times to encourage somebody else? When they're down, exactly, yeah. When they're feeling down, they need someone to lift them up. What about another one? Chris? Yeah, so cr encourage daily. So that would be like, you know, all the time, really, but 
Uh, when they're struggling, right? When they feel hopeless, those are good times. Good times to encourage Marilyn. Yeah, see, that's that's really good. If somebody is doing well, uh, yeah, and if they're accomplishing, d- encourage them. And even if things, if they're doing something and it didn't go so well, uh, encourage them. Right, build them up. If you see how hard they're working and they're doing something, even if they didn't do it as good as you think they should do it, like man, you know what? If they're trying, can you can we learn to encourage them? If they're attempting to do something big, how many of you know you don't come up and say, "Good luck with that." <laughs> well, I tried that before; it didn't work out. Uh, how about this one? And you know. Uh, We've all probably been guilty of this. I know I have. But if somebody looks tired, how many of you know it's not encouraging to go up to them and tell them you look tired? <laughs> you guys got that, right? I mean, I know it's natural because the, if, when you've been on the receiving end of that, do you want to go look in a mirror and think, oh, man, how bad do I look? <laughs> all right? So don't do it like that. Encourage them in a positive way. Like, man, you look amazing today. Man, you look worn out. You look... What, what's the saying? Road hard and put out wet or whatever. So uh, anyway, don't say that. Listen, if you notice something that nobody else sees, encourage that. That's what we're called to do. And sometimes you're just going to have sense that the Holy Spirit is telling you, hey, listen, go, go encourage that person. Go put your arm around them. Go tell them that. And uh, I, I believe that the right words at the right time can literally change the course of somebody's life. Amen. It can change your day, it can change your week, it can change your future if we learn to do it. And listen, sometimes we want to struggle. Holy Spirit, is that really you want me to encourage that person? Uh, If you feel that urge, it's probably the Holy Spirit. So do it anyway, amen? Amen. I dare you to love, uh, to express love. And I know, it's like we can be so guarded uh, like, you know what, I tried to love that person and it backfired on me, so I'm not doing it again. Uh, listen, it does make you vulnerable to begin to show love to other people, doesn't it? But I want to encourage you to love anyway. Amen? Sometimes in our society, people can take it the wrong way. Uh, I want to encourage you to take the risk anyway. Do it anyway. Moms and dads, do you know your kids need to hear, I love you? We know that, right? And they need to hear it how often? All the time. Because what happens is if they don't hear it, then they're going to begin to hear it from somewhere else. And it's not going to be a good place. So tell them early, tell them often, tell them, even if you embarrass them. I remember uh, one of uh, Timothy and Joshua's friends back in uh, Texas in junior high. His name was Nick, and uh, his mom would tell him, I love you, from the car all the time. But she did it in a way, and he would be like, Mom, I'm so embarrassed. But she would yell out, Nicky Poo, Mommy loves you. (laughs) So, which was pretty funny. He had a good little rhyme to it, and then everybody else would tell Nicky Poo how much they loved him too. but. (laughs) But here's the thing. Wouldn't you rather hear that, even if it embarrassed you, than to never hear it? Because even though that embarrassed him, I know he knows his mom loves him. So what would a church look like if everybody would speak encouragement over everybody else? 
I mean, I am so thankful because I, I, I feel that atmosphere here, but you know what? We could do it more. We could do it more. I believe that, 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 you know, when people come and say, man, I love your worship. That's awesome. You're an okay preacher. I'm thankful for that. But what I want people to say is, man, every time I go to Freedom Church, I feel encouraged and built up. That people really care about me. You see, that's how Jude envisioned the church. Uh, and, and that I believe that that doesn't happen on accident. And it shouldn't be like, well, the pastor didn't greet me and I didn't have greeters. All of those are important. But how many of you know when everybody's doing it, that's powerful, right? That's powerful. Uh, any way you can do it. So let's move on here. He says, you dear friends must build each other up in your most holy faith and pray in the Holy Spirit. So that's the next point. And I know we covered that already dealing with personally. But how many of you know when you come forward for people to pray for you, or if we pray for one another in the power of the Holy Spirit, like I said, we talked about how we build ourselves up, but when others are praying for you that have already been prayed up, there is a matter of the Holy Spirit they are relying on when they pray for you. And what does that look like? Because sometimes you come up for prayer and, and, and you can say, well, you know what, I need you to pray for this. Sometimes... Have you ever been in the place where you just didn't know you just needed prayer, but you didn't know what all, there was just too much going on, right? I'm in a situation, can you help me with this? You know, can I win the lottery? Can I get, you know, you know, you don't really know what's going to help you. And, you know, the people praying for you that are in a worse spot, because I don't know what to pray for you, but check this out, what it says in Romans 8, 26, the spirit helps us in our weakness. We do not know what we ought to pray for. I've been in that place so many times. And when it comes to praying for other people, it's like, well, I can pray, okay, my knees hurt, I can pray for that. But what if it's like, oh man, my stomach hurts. Okay, God, heal their stomach. What if there's something else going on? What if there's something else going on? So there's times we just don't always know what to pray for, but the Holy Spirit gives us insight that is deeper than us. There's times that I have prayed for people and it's like, man, where did that come from? And they're like, then they're like, how did you know? <laughs> right? That's not even what I asked for. Well, check it out. The Spirit is interceding for us with groans that words cannot express. And it says, he who searches our hearts knows the mind of the Spirit because the Spirit intercedes for the saints. How? In accordance with God's will. And so it's this whole supernatural thing that is taking place when we begin to pray for one another and where we actually sometimes, and some of you guys have done that, somebody comes up for prayer and it's like, I may be praying in the spirit for a minute before uh, I start praying in English. Why is that? Because it's like, okay, God, I'm trying to hear from you. Lord, I want, I want to know what you want to pray over that person. And, and you begin to do that. And listen, God begins to give you the things to pray for. How many of you have been in that situation? You don't, and listen, you don't even have to ask sometimes. You can see some people won't ask for prayer, but you can tell they need prayer. And if you just came up and said, hey, listen, can I pray for you? How many of you know that's powerful right there? So we're going to take a moment, and we're going to do this right now. We want to pray for one another. We do this occasionally, but if you are here today and you need prayer for something... You don't have to be embarrassed, but we're just going to take a few minutes. If you need prayer, can you just lift your hand up where you're at? And we're going to take a few minutes. Amen. There's several hands up. If you see a hand up, I'm going to encourage you to be bold and go over there. I see Bob's hand. 
back here. Several hands, several hands up here on the front. We can do this, right? This is what it means to encourage one another, right? If other people need prayer, does it feel awkward? Is there other, someone else? All right, we're getting here. We're going to pray for one. Anybody else not getting someone praying for them? Just take a few minutes and just let's just pray. Let's ask God. If you're there and you, need, you know what you need, tell the person. But otherwise, we're just going to take a minute and I'm going to close in, in prayer in a second here. Father, I thank you that you have called us to pray for one another. Lord, you've given us that ability. And Lord God, the same connection to, to you as anybody else, Lord God. And Father, we have the same spirit, Lord. And Father, the needs that are represented, maybe there's some online today. Father, we ask that you would meet those according to your riches. Lord, where healing needs to take place whether it's a physical healing, Lord God, or, or Father, those that are dealing with an emotional struggle, an emotional healing, they need a touch from you. Lord, we're just asking supernaturally, Lord God, that you, you would come in and, Lord God, you would touch them. Father, I pray for restoration. Lord, I pray for where broken relationships have happened. Lord, that you would begin to heal those relationships. Father, we thank you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. As you guys finish, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Isn't that good to do, just to pray for one another? I know sometimes we have you guys come up, and that's good. Uh, but this is something we need to learn to practice regularly. You know, you, when you're, you see them out at McDonald's or whatever, it's like, that's okay to do that. It, when you see people coming up and they're struggling, and, you know, I don't think she would be embarrassed to say it, but Charlene came up and she said that she wasn't feeling great. And so we prayed for each other for, for a second there before coming in. It's not like, okay, well, at the end of service, then we'll pray for you. That's okay, but how many of you know you can do it anytime? Amen? You can do it anytime. So pray for each other. And uh, let, me, uh, let me move on here. Verse uh, 21, and he says, And await the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ, who will bring you eternal life. And in this way, you will keep yourself safe in God's love. Listen, the world does not want us safe. All right? And he says, And you must... Show mercy to those whose faith is wavering. 
And so I want to tell you today, number four, the last one is don't give up. Don't, obviously, don't give up on God, but don't give up on others. Don't give up on each other. Because remember the purpose of this letter was dealing with the false teachers that were going around. These false teachers were causing people's faith to waver. They were causing people to question their faith. And Jude is reminding them and telling them, listen, don't fall for the lies. Stay true to Jesus. Remain in his love. Show mercy. Where's that? Show mercy to those whose faith is wavering. Listen, he was hard. He's like, reject those false teachers, but begin to show mercy on those that are struggling. Instead of like piling on when people are struggling, how many of you know we need to learn to be patient? Instead of kicking people when they're down, uh, show them love. Instead of judging harshly, we need to have mercy and, and forgiveness. Don't punish them. We need to love them back to Jesus. Amen? Because we live in a time, there's a lot of false teaching going on. There's a lot of confusion, a lot of uh, deceit. There's the, the latest fads or teachings that are out there. False prophecy. How many of you know you can find a million wacky preachers on YouTube? And yes, I'm on YouTube. So uh, I'm just saying. Uh, yeah, all of our services get put on YouTube. So there I am. Uh, but a great, a great verse came up in our men's Bible study. We were in 1 Corinthians 16, and this was pointed out. And I've just been thinking about it. I'm like, it fits really with this message. Be on guard. Stand firm in the faith. Be courageous, be strong, and do everything with love. I think that kind of summarizes Jude right there in 2 first. Be on guard, stand firm. There's a lot of attacks, there's a lot of wackiness on. Be courageous, be strong, and make sure we do it all with love. Because when people doubt, and they will doubt, don't just drop the hammer on them, right? Show mercy, be patient. Give them time to figure things out. And, and listen, when you have young kids, teenagers, whatever, don't punish them for asking questions. People shouldn't be kicked out for just trying to find truth. Uh, God is not afraid of people's doubts. Right? He's big enough to handle it. And then, so then Jude goes a little bit further and took it just beyond the church in verse 23. He says, rescue others by snatching them from the flames of judgment. Show mercy to still others, but do so with great caution, hating the sin that contaminates their life, okay? You know what? That's why we put invite cards out there. I want to snatch others. I want to rescue others. If it's something as simple as inviting them to church, and uh, that might open up a conversation. Who knows? But we need to be cautious not to get caught up in the same sin, is that right? So we have this phrase, and we mentioned that on our men's Bible, hate the sin, but we do what? Love the sinner, right? And I know, I know we live in a world that thinks if you don't love and accept what I, that my sin, then you don't really love me. Isn't that true? They think that hate for sin equals hate for the sinner. And that's just simply not true. Because if one of my kids were a thief, uh, I would still love them. Uh, I would hate the sin, and, and I don't have to accept that. And even if they said, but Dad, I was born a thief, right? I've always been a thief. I can't help but be a thief. And if you can't accept the thieving part of my life, then you must not love me. Is that true? No, not at true. It's not at all. And so the reality, I don't think we have a hard time hating sin. 
All right, we can hate sin, but the love the sinner part, I think, is an area that maybe we can do a little bit better on. Amen. Love sin, love sinners, but that doesn't mean you endorse sin. How many of you hate addictions? But we still love those that are addicted, right? We still love an addict. Uh, we can hate sexual sin, but that doesn't mean that we have to hate those people that are trapped in it. No, we love them, right? I believe that the love of a follower of Christ is a powerful tool to bring people out, right? When they begin to experience, I hate gossip. Let me tell you, as a pastor, I hate gossip. I don't want to listen to it, but we still need to love the person, right? We still need to love them. Racism. Anybody hate racism in our world? It's horrible. But there are some people that grew up and they know no other way. How are they going to get out of that unless somebody loves them beyond racial lines? Crime. I don't like crime, but we still love criminals. Amen? Amen? We know people can change. It's evident. How many of you guys, how many of your lives have changed because of Christ? Right? Look at all the testimonies that are here. My life is completely different. The Apostle Paul, nobody thought he would change, and look what happened to him. So love does conquer, but we've got to be willing to love past that person's sin. Loving the sinner and hating the sin, it means that you never lose sight of them as an individual. There's still somebody that God loves. There's still somebody that God cares for. And sometimes when we start labeling other people, we start equating them with their sin. Oh, they're this. No, they're that. Rather than seeing the person that Jesus loves. Amen? So if you find yourself using these they statements, oh, they believe this. They do that. They're, you know, they're evil. They're not a good people. They're ruining our country, right? They're endangering my rights. Listen, when we start doing that, we've no longer seen them as an individual. We're no longer seeing them through the eyes of Jesus. And I believe that Jew finished this letter with this beautiful expression of worship. He's saying, basically, listen, there's evil out there. There's false teachers out there. Be on guard. But you know what? You need to begin to love and build each other up. And he wraps it up saying, Now, all glory to God who is able to keep you from falling away and will bring you with great joy into his glorious presence without a single fault. All glory to him who alone is God, our Savior through Jesus Christ our Lord. All glory majesty, power, and authority are his before all time and in the present and beyond all time. Amen. 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 So uh, we're going to do just that right here, right at the end. We're going to worship him. Amen? Amen. So just with this one song, we're going to go out all glory to God. I want to declare that over each one of you, those that are watching, those that may watch at a later time. God can keep you from falling. And he's going to bring you with great joy into his glorious presence as we stay strong and encourage one another. Amen? Amen. Amen. So let's, uh, let's sing this and then we will uh, send us on our way. Amen? Amen. And don't forget Friday, this Friday, worship night with uh, several other churches. So hopefully... Well
to the one who came and made a way. Hallelujah to the one who died and rose again. God, we thank you, Lord, that you are holy. You are worthy of our praise, God. God, I, I pray that we would be on guard. God, that we wouldn't we wouldn't fall for everything we hear, Lord. That we would we would check things against your word, Lord, and that we would just have faith, Lord. That we would encourage one another, Lord. That we would see when people are down, Lord. That we would have we we would see people through your eyes, God. What they can be, God. What you have for them, what you have in store, Lord, I pray that we would just encourage one another. We love you, God, and I pray that as we go out, Lord, that we would be a true reflection of you. In Jesus' name, amen.